guys. This is the Marketing Management and Money Podcast with your host, Ryan Murray. And I'm your host, Ryan Owens. So if I can, I'd like to kick this one off with a little bit of a, a story that happened to me several years back. Sure, go ahead. So I had just moved to a new area and I was uh, working for a uh, working for a university and at the time, the uh, the supervisor, he came to me and he said, hey, I want you to go to a neighboring town. Uh, they've got a chamber of commerce. They're trying to get off the ground. And they, they could use some expertise. Would okay. you mind just, you know, showing up? I'm like, okay. So I show up to this meeting. And I show up and there are two ladies there. And they're, you know, talking about things that they're trying to do. And it was pretty obvious that, not a lot was happening. Yeah. And so I start chiming in with ideas and things that they can do. And you could tell pretty quickly that they appreciated a fresh set of eyes and some new enthusiasm because, you know, since not a lot of the board had shown up, they, they kind of wanted, you know, some, you know, some gusto happening. Mm -hmm. And so I left the meeting feeling like, Hey, I, I'd done a good deed and really helped these people out. Right. So, I got invited to the uh, installation banquet that was coming up uh, it was about a month afterward. You know, they had an installation banquet for the Chamber of Commerce there. And, you know, so I take my wife to it. We sit down, and all of a sudden, as the program is going on, they announce me as the newest board member. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm kind of looking around like, what just happened? <laughs> and so I, I go up and, you know, graciously <laughs> accept and, uh, and I sit you back down. Sucker. I know, I know. I, I sit back down and my wife, she looks at me and she's like, did you know that they were going to do that? And I'm like, I had no idea. But the, the reason that I bring up this story is the influence that I had put forth in that meeting mm -hmm. was strong enough that they just <laughs> automatically and and I don't know if the guy who invited me to the meeting if he had told them ahead of time like hey he'd make a great board member or if they were already planning that yeah. I don't know if it's because I was contributing and they wanted something to happen maybe I missed a memo somewhere I don't know what happened for sure all I know is that a month later here I am a board member and I I stayed a board member for about four years you know with wow. with this chamber of commerce. And so they saw you coming. No kidding. They saw me coming. <laughs> we got this guy. <laughs> and, and so today's topic is on influence and power and how there are different levels yeah. of influence and power and how yeah. that can, you know, determine the outcome of a lot of key decisions that happen within a company. Yeah. This is such an interesting topic to me. Really weird, honestly. I feel like there have been several instances, some of which you've been privy to, where I've gone into a situation and I have no clue. I <laughs> I tend to be oblivious to some really obvious things. Uh, so I'll, I'll go into a situation and you and I will talk about it later and um, – you'll, you'll make the comment, like, you have no idea, like what you just did there, huh? And I'm, nope. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and we'll talk about it. And 
Yeah, yeah I, I, I've always been astonished that you get people to follow you so easily. It's, it's like they just gravitate yeah. to you. You come yeah. in and you make two comments, and all of a sudden people are like, "That's a good idea. We should do that." And you know, and for the rest of us, it's a little bit sickening because it's like, honestly, we're trying to work for this power and influence, <laughs> and you, you just kind of like waltz in. And, yeah. Well, you know. and no, and I, and I've come to realize that it's a gift that I have, but I'm still pretty oblivious to it all the same Mm -hmm. and and that just brings us to the point that not all power not all influence within us any given situation whether it be our small businesses or uh, the teams that we're running what have you that not all power comes from a title or the ability to control someone's paycheck yeah we've all been in a meeting whether that be, you know, in our own business, if we're sitting in a committee or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, we've been in this meeting when the person in charge shifts. Right. And all of a sudden someone else has now taken that power. Yeah. And this this happens quite often. And so for the business owners out there, for those who are trying to manage their company, they need to understand how and why that's happening so that they can keep the power where it needs to be within their company. Right. And I've seen teams where, or teams that I've worked with where there will be the manager that is calling a show, is making a, a, a call on something. Right. And he'll say, this is what we're doing. And the team will be like, yeah, okay. And and it's like their heads will all turn and be like, Hey, but what do you think? And yeah, they're looking at the other guy. Yeah. Waiting for him to agree or counter. Yeah. And, and oftentimes that, that individual, whoever that may be, whatever role they play within the group will, will guide that decision. Mm -hmm. And it, and it changes changes because of that power. And, this happened to me. This is an example that I would I'd like to share. I think really illustrates that point. Is I volunteered with a group uh, at a at a local on a local level, and I was brought in because of some of my marketing uh, experience and expertise. And before long, I was looked at as Hey, what do we, what do we do here with our financials or what do we do here with this strategy of this group? And I had no, I had been there like a few weeks and I was like expected to know a strategy in place. And they're now looking to you saying, what's our strategy? And you're like, I don't know what your strategy is. I, I, you know, I've been here two meetings. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I had put in maybe two or three hours worth of work and they expected me to know, or they expected that I knew all of this information about whatever it was that they're working Mm -hmm. on. And so, yeah, let's dive in a little bit deeper. I feel like we've kind of given some good examples, but let's dive in a little bit deeper uh, on what each of these types of power are, because I think understanding those from a manager's perspective or, or an entrepreneur's perspective, any team leader's perspective will really help make your teams and your companies much more powerful by being able to identify who 
within your groups and teams holds the different types of power. Okay, okay, that sounds great. So if I may, I'd really like to run with this because I've done some research on this. And one of the studies that I love, uh, French and Raven Mm -hmm. did a study on, it was originally the five basis of power. Uh, They since added a six basis of power. And I really think that uh, some of their research and some of their findings uh, are, are very core to what is going on here. And so this is kind of what I like to reference. Yeah. So let me run down, and I'm going to go off of their list of six. So the first one that, uh, that I'm going to identify is what is called legitimate power. And this comes from a titler position. So in the entrepreneurial world, the owner is going to have that title of I'm the owner and so well you got to do what the owner says you know and, yeah. and and we hear this a lot in business where people they'll go against their better judgment because they want to respect the ownership or sometimes if you've got a CEO or a president or you know I mean there are different titles that are out there but it's respecting that title for no other reason than just that person happens to be in that position yeah, exactly so the next one that uh, I want to talk about, and this is one that tends to throw people a little bit, and that is referent power. So uh, the word that I like to use that helps me understand this is charisma. Okay. Um, and so, and it doesn't always have to be charisma. It can be just uh, presence. Right. You know, when someone walks into the room and heads turn and they're just like, wow, that lady just holds herself well. She mm-hmm. has a strong presence. She really knows what is going on yeah. just by her body language. Yeah. That's, that's referent power that's happening right there. And referent power tends to kind of uh, fly in the face of this legitimate power because you might have the title but I hold the referent power. I've got the, you know, just the presence yeah. that people are looking to for leadership. So uh, moving down the list, expert power is the person who holds the greatest amount of knowledge or expertise. Uh, you know, they, they've got tenure. They've been doing it the longest and yeah. so a lot of times you'll see, you know, specialists that have high levels of education or a right. natural knack mm-hmm. for something. And so you might have everyone in the room, you know, trying to, to decide what we're going to do. This team is working on this project. And then when they turn and they're just like, well, you know, what does Max think? Well, Max might be the expert. And experts, and I'm stereotyping a little bit, but they tend to be a little bit quieter because yes. their brain is constantly mm-hmm. running yep. as they're trying to formulate what's actually going on. Yeah. So now this one reward power. This one holds a lot of power, but it's easily it's there fragile. and easily gone. Fragile is a beautiful word. So this is the ability to reward someone typically in the form of salaries or wages, compensation. And so if you're holding the purse strings, you're holding power. And a lot of times you'll hear the expression, well, they sign my paycheck, so I'm going to do what they want. Yep. And it, it is a form of power, but a lot of times people will go against that. And it's like, I don't care if they sign my paycheck. 
the expert disagrees, and so I'm following his advice, or you know, whatever the case may be. But but reward is just the ability to pay someone. Moving down, informational power. Now, this was the sixth one that was added a little bit later, and this is who holds information or knowledge. And in today's world, data is so critical to so many business decisions. We see a lot of this data gathering. Mm-hmm. You know, the big boys, that's like all they're focused on anymore is, right. is data and information. But in a small business, you know, like uh, an HR director is going to hold a lot of information. Mm-hmm. They've got that, you know, company file or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's where this differs from the expert. Right. Yeah. Is that it's... It's they hold this information. It's not that they have the experience or they've been doing it the longest. It's that they they have this current information that they can kind of hoard. You yeah, know? And, and I look at the word access. They have yeah. access yeah. to information, okay. mm-hmm. and I think that's a great way to describe it. Uh, the sixth one is the only one that is definitively negative, and that's coercive power. And so you'll see right. a lot of bullying. You'll see a lot of, you know, kind of like this dictator mentality, yeah. my way mm-hmm. or the highway. And it's threatening. And, and, and coercive power, whereas it's a form of power, it's never positive. It's always negative. And it only works in the short term. People only right. fear you as long as you can hold fear over their head. As soon as you lose the fear, you lose the respect and you lose the power. So it's a very short-term power. You constantly have to be upping the stakes mm-hmm. to keep that fear going. So it's right. really a bad way to go yeah. for management. People constantly are trying to get out from under that type of power. Yeah. So you got to do a lot of work. Yeah. And like you said, upping the stakes in order to maintain that. So... I kind of got a little nerdy and I went yeah. in a little bit deep. Let's yeah. bring it back to some practical examples. Yeah. Where have you seen some of these powers used in the different businesses you've worked with? Yeah. Uh, these really present some interesting uh, dynamics when you get into business and other things, because especially in small business, a lot of employees tend to hold different roles, right? Mm-hmm. So one that we see oftentimes is the accountant who is also the hr director who is also the <laughs> it person <laughs> yeah they're they're yeah. wearing multiple hats yeah so this uh, accountant has the power of uh, you know the reward power where they're signing paychecks where mm-hmm. they're they're handling the paychecks the money they're, they're determining not be, raises yeah they're approving those kinds of things based on Budgets. Company financials, right? Yeah. Uh, but then where they're also the HR director, it's like they're the person that you go to when you have an issue, when you have a grievance. And so if, you know, you have to go complain about something to the HR director, well, how is that going to impact your, you know, your year end review when it's like, hey, we're going to evaluate you for a salary raise. Right. Right. Uh, but and, then, and in a small business, and, and this isn't always the case, but I right. see it a lot that small businesses tend to want to put these positions together. Yeah, and and well, they have at, to, right? Yeah, they'll they'll be like, well, you already have access to all of the, you know, the pay mm-hmm. information, so why don't we throw you in and, and have you do the HR? Because having a full time HR director, mm-hmm. you're kind of moving out of the realm of small business, and you're starting right. to get into a more established yeah. company. But these yeah. small businesses, they don't they don't have HR directors. They just have yeah. someone who covers the HR. Yeah, tends to fall under that accounting. Right, because. Because HR isn't only, you know, the 
the touchy feely side of a company. It has a lot to do with the different forms and filings and all that kind of, you know, law abiding types Mm -hmm. of of things, insurance and all that. Uh, But that's also why you see these people end up in IT positions or having IT roles imposed on them as well is because it's like they have the they have the experience with computers and different softwares and uh and the troubleshooting and the and they have and... yeah they have kind of that mentality anyway that problem solving look at this look at the numbers figure out what's going on you know and so if you have somebody who uh has the reward power but also has the uh informational power and also has the uh like that expert the power. The expert power, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I was drawing a blank there for a second. You can see where these things start to cross some lines. and Or not cross some lines, but the, they become interwoven a little bit. And it's boundaries, a powerful position. Well, and boundaries become blurred, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, in a lot of ways, there may be a some conflicts of interest that arise. You yeah. know? So yeah. it's, it's like if, you're, if your mom is your school teacher, right? <laughs> That gets kind of <laughs> awkward. Sure, sure. You know, you know where else I see some overlap that tends to happen in small businesses is the owner tends to also be the expert. A lot of times, because they're the yeah. ones that sort of kicked this whole thing off. You know, the the owner oftentimes has taken it from startup all the way to wherever the business is today. And you don't get there without having some level of expertise. I mean, just the yeah. sheer time that you've been yeah. in the business creates this level of expertise. And so a lot of times you'll see an owner have not only the ownership power, the expert power, some reward power because they can, you know, I mean, they're they're dictating how much people are going to be making or who they want to hire or different things like that. But what's interesting is as a business grows – they're going to hire other people around them. They have to hire other experts. Right. And as they hire other experts, see, I've seen a lot of times where these businesses get threatened by their top talent and they start to get intimidated. These owners are getting intimidated mm-hmm. because they've now hired someone and they're losing that expert power yeah. and they feel threatened by that because they're just like, oh, I'm losing power. I'm losing control. And yeah. I've seen so many businesses lay off or fire some of their best people mm-hmm. because they want to hold that expert power. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic for sure. So to run with that example a little bit more, if you have that expert power as the owner, so you have the legitimate power and the expert power, and you hire somebody who comes in with a knowledge of emerging trends or key information mm-hmm. and they have access to that because they, you know, are the, the young up and comer kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And this, the owner gets threatened on multiple levels. Right. You know, there's, there can be some, there can be some issues there. So we've talked a lot about how these different types of power can conflict with one another how some of these things can butt heads and and whatnot but how do uh give us an example of how some of these different bases of power can work together work well together come together to produce better results yeah yeah so the the first thing is none of this is going to work without a high level of trust 
the mm-hmm. more trust that you have, the more you can disseminate yeah. power throughout your company yeah. and not worry if someone else is holding power and allow them to hold power. Yeah. So I had a situation, I was working with a company and I had the expert power and I had the legitimate power. I, I was holding the title, um, you know, and there was someone else who had the referent power. Mm-hmm. Everyone was going to them because of just kind of the way that they they held themselves, the way that they spoke, the the confidence that they had. And at first, my gut reaction was to feel intimidated by the situation and be like, oh my goodness, that person is a threat to me. And, and that's the human nature mm-hmm. is yeah. to immediately go to the threat. Right. But then I realized, I'm like, wait a second. There's nothing wrong with this person having power. And instead of being threatened by it, I actually just went and spoke to them. And I'm just like, hey, do you realize how much power you have? And they didn't. And then I gave some examples. I'm like, you know that last meeting that we were having? Did you notice how people were waiting for you to, you know, buy in before we could move forward? Right. And in pointing that out to this person they then were able to use their power and be like, oh, okay. It formed a solid partnership, and it actually right. moved the projects through a lot faster Yeah, because you had two people with power that were working in tandem mm-hmm. as opposed to one person trying to get power over here, another person trying to get their power there. You know, So, so having that power working in tandem allows you to just uh, you know, magnify the power as opposed to using two powerful forces in opposition. Right. And trust, like you mentioned, is vital to that. There can't be these things working together without that. You really have to be vulnerable a lot of times. Open yourself up a little bit, branch out there, and, and trust the people that you work with. Find the best in people and understand who holds what power and how you can use that to move your business or your project or your team forward. What a great note to end on. I think you summed it up really well. Uh, I appreciate all of the insight that you've shared and uh, hope, hope that our listeners got a lot out of it. And thank you for tuning in.